People, don't you know what this is? This is training camp with Colby Van Camp on Wildcat 91.9. Good evening, Manhattan, Wamigo Junction City, and anywhere the internet has enveloped you in its cold embrace. Welcome to Training Camp with Colby Van Camp, yours truly behind the gray microphone. High atop the Music Department and McCain Auditorium, located on McCain Drive in the heart of the campus of Kansas State University, in the core of the Little Apple, Manhattan, Kansas. Uh, it is a great day to be a Wildcat, and I'm glad to be back on the air. I was... I've, Theoretically, I was on the air technically last night, but it was uh, for reporting election results for AP. So that was kind of interesting. Never done that before. It was a stringer out in Garden City, southwestern Kansas. I, uh, I forgot that you did that. How, yeah. how was that experience? Briefly, can you explain how that experience yeah, was? Yeah, I mean, it was, um, I showed up. Uh, okay, interestingly enough, one of the guys who was running was uh, for like county commissioner or something like that. Uh-huh. His name was Bob Kreutzer. And I started to talk to him and we got to talking about sports and I said, you a football fan? He said, oh, yeah. And I said, yeah, did you ever play? And he said, actually, yeah, I did. And I said, oh, really? Where where'd you play? And he said, KU. And I said, wait, really? And he said, yeah, I was the starting uh, center from 1965 to 1967. And I oh, said, wow. no, no kidding. And he said, yeah, I, I, uh, I snapped the ball to Gale Sayers. Uh, who went on to have seven successful seasons with the Chicago Bears in the NFL? So um, that was that was pretty cool. He ended up losing the commissioner race for District Four in Garden City by three votes. Dang! Um, it was a really interesting story. I thought it was probably one of the most like moral integrity stories of the night, where Bob and the guy that he was running against, whose name escapes me, they knew each other, and they said, "Look." Let's just, we're not even going to campaign. We're just going to throw our names in, and then whoever wins, wins. And uh, I thought that was a really kind of honorable way to go about it, you know? They, they weren't yeah. cutthroat. They weren't trying to lobby for people. I mean, it's kind of commissioners, so there's only so much you can do. But it's still politics. It's still, and and I, I feel like if there was ever a time that it was going to get, like, uber cutthroat for, like, politics, for a county commissioner spot, it would be in small town Kansas. <laughs> so, <laughs> right, okay. So, um, but no, really interesting. Um it was just a unique experience. I've never done anything like that. Uh, I'll probably end up doing it again. It's an easy hundred bucks. So true. There we go. Well, nice. Go go go. Be a stringer for AP. It looks good on your resume too. Um, but I would like to say so. First of all, I had a pretty good day today. You know, I we went over, had a meeting with some high school folks about potentially doing some um, coverage of football for Wamigo High School. So that's going to be kind of interesting. I think that's probably going to happen for us here on Wildcat 91.9. So you're going to start listening to exclusive, no, not necessarily exclusive, I apologize, just to coverage um, of Wildcat 91.9 with Wamigo football. So that's nice. that's pretty cool. So there was that this morning. Then we went, you and I both went to uh-huh. the uh, Women's Soccer Media Day. We're going to talk about that in our second and third segment. Uh, and then 
I went over to the library because I was doing some research for my master's thesis. I mean, I haven't even started my master's degree yet, technically, but I want to get a jump on it. Good for you, man. Thank you. Um, oh, and and my, my thesis is all about rivalries in college football. And so I picked up a book about uh, Army-Navy. I picked up a book about Yale-Harvard, and it's going to be kind of fun. And uh, I was talking to uh, one of the librarians. Her name is Kim. And she essentially said, when I told her who I was and what I did with the radio station, she said, Oh no! Wait, you're the guy from ninety one nine. My husband listens to you every night, so that was that was like that was a nice. really surreal moment for me personally because it's nice to know that somebody other than my parents <laughs> listen uh, to my show. But also, um, yeah, it's the first time that's happened for me as a as a radio host. Uh, it's happened to me as a musician before, right? But as a radio host, that was um, that was really special. So Kim and Josh, shout out to you guys. I appreciate that very very much. Uh, now, Jasmine. Today, I have the absolute pleasure of welcoming one of my all-time favorite broadcasters. He's my hero. Onto the show today, we know him as the voice of the Wildcats, making such legendary calls as this one from the last game of the Bill Snyder 1.0 tenure in 2005, with the Cats up by one, 29-28 with a minute 30 in the fourth quarter, and Missouri has the ball. Give it a listen. Ball on the right hash, trips to the left, twin receivers to the right, and Smith the throw. Looking, spins away from one would-be tackler, runs far side, throws, intercepted by Archer at the 40. Archer at the 30, he's got a score! Touchdown! Wildcat score with a minute 23 to go, and this place is going nuts! Brandon Archer does it again! Second straight year against Missouri! The second straight year that Brandon Archer picks off the Tigers, goes down the right sideline. Last year it was 25 yards. This year, a little longer. Unbelievable! <laughs> Great stuff there from uh, Wyatt and Stan. So, I mean, what can I say? Incredible. Mr. Wyatt Thompson, thank you for coming on to the show, sir. It is absolutely my pre- pleasure. It is great to meet you. It's great to be on with you. I'm excited for the new season. So yeah. let's let's talk here. It's let's gonna go. be it's gonna be awesome. Have you ever been on Wildcat 919 before? I think I was a few years ago, but okay. it's been a little while. Yeah. So uh, Colin I'm, Settle ring any bells? Yeah, yeah, to you? yeah, for yeah, yeah. sure. Okay. Yeah, I've I've corresponded back and forth with him, and sure. there have been others certainly, but uh, yeah, it's good to be back and. Uh, I'm thrilled that K-State has this type of program for yeah. young people like yourself and, and many others, you know, before you. Yeah. Um, and that's a great, great thing because sure. our industry is awesome, and you know that. It is awesome. It yeah. is awesome. In fact, I did my undergrad in music here at Kansas State, so it's kind of like I did this about face uh, <laughs> to go into broadcasting, and it's uh, it's been yeah. a great decision. Haven't looked back. So I want to talk about the first three games of the season. We're talking about the non-conference game. We've got September 3rd against South Dakota. We've got September 10th against Missouri and September 17th against Tulane. Um, What are you feeling so far for the preseason games? Because from what I've been observing from the practices through everything that Coach Kleiman has said about Colin Klein, Mm -hmm. I think one of the keys for uh, this season, specifically the non-conference games, is to come out using Colin Klein's brand new offense and to hit some of these littler teams as hard as possible. I, I think that is pretty accurate. Let's start with the K-State side of it and with Colin because I think that's really important. I think if you go back to what he did in the 30 days prior to the, the Texas, Texas Bowl, Bowl. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and got K-State offensively ready to play in that game, and we saw them play really at lots of different paces. We saw lots of different formations. 
uh, what speeds, whatever you want to say, I think that will carry over into 2022 here. And there's no more Skylar Thompson, which certainly will be a change yeah. because he had been here a long time. For sure. One of the all-time really great players in terms of longevity, wins, success, all of that kind of stuff. But then you plug in Adrian Martinez and you feel pretty good, right? <laughs> so right. I think you start with a young man who's played, what, 50-ish games at the major college level at Nebraska. You put that together with Colin. You put that together with guys like – I don't want to start naming names other than I do want to get – uh, I believe one of the best coaches that nobody talks about very often, and that's our offensive line coach, Connor Riley. I think sure. he does a great job. I think that's going to be one of the strengths of the team. And then probably Brian Anderson, our running backs coach. And, and the fact that you have Adrian Martinez and you have Deuce Vaughn and some of those other weapons offensively with Phillip Brooks and guys like that, Malik Knowles, uh, I think it's all about K-State in those first three games and what can they be offensively. Yeah. I think we all think, honestly, Colby, that they're going to be good defensively or better, yeah. at least in, in, in terms of potential. So now let's get into those, those teams and what they are. I, I think, in all honesty, I think let's, let's cut to the chase here and be honest. Let's do it. I think everybody is most looking forward to Mizzou. Yeah. On many levels. I agree. I agree. <laughs> uh, including me. <laughs> yeah. And part of that is is because I miss playing those guys on a regular basis since they left the league. They, of course, were a longtime member of the Big 8 and then yeah. the Big 12 and what have you. I, I think it's really fun that we're going to play them in a home-and-home. Home. Yeah. I think, you know, having SEC talent, they'll be a real challenging team. I think the real question for them is the quarterback scenario. I don't really know who their guy is going to be. Uh, they're excited about three or four of their kids. But with SEC talent um, and just kind of knowing, you know, these two teams played for a lot of years, there's a bunch of excitement and a bunch of intrigue there. And it's week two, which will be great. Right. The other two are a little more interesting in different ways. I think with South Dakota, they're very, very, very well coached with Bob Nielsen. Yeah. Does a great job and has for a long, long time. They're an FCF school, so a lot of <laughs> a lot of people probably will not. I'm not picking on anyone, but mm -hmm. they don't necessarily have the same respect for programs like that. Yeah, when they uh, should. And I don't mean they necessarily K Staters, <laughs> because um, we all know with Coach Kleiman what happened a few years ago when North Dakota State came in here. Yeah, you better respect those guys because they're going to come in and play, and they've got a quarterback back with a lot of experience and those kind of things. They'll play hard and they'll yeah. play tough. They won't be as big and as strong and as fast as K-State, but they'll frankly be a very representative team. Well, and to give some context for that, the last yeah. time K-State is 2-0 in the series, and the last time they met was September 1st of 2018, and the Cats barely escaped by three points, 27-24. Yeah. So you can't sleep on these guys. No, you can't. They're too solid. They're too well coached. And they do have quite a few people back from a pretty good squad from a year ago. Yeah. And your numbers are impressive. Just knowing that is good information for yeah. not only you and I talking and the people <laughs> listening, but for K-State Nation. Don't take this team for granted. Anything can happen on opening weekend. Of course. It's just what it is. Yeah. I, you know, I, the coaches picked K-State fifth in the Big 12 preseason media poll or, or in the preseason coaches poll. I don't know if you think that's where they belong or they should be a little higher or a little <laughs> I, I lower. I think they should be a little bit higher. <laughs> I, do, I do, too. I think we all do. Yeah. 
But the point of the story is, is that in all reality, it's week one with a new quarterback, even though he has a ton of experience with a first time full time offensive coordinator and Colin Klein, like we talked about. So there will be question marks and there's question marks for K-State on the defensive side, too. I mean, they've got to replace some guys. Yeah. You know, it, it might not be that much in the in the front line or even in the in the middle with the with the linebackers. But in that secondary, they have to replace some guys that were really highly skilled, played a lot of good football here, whether it's, you know, <laughs> Reggie Stubblefield, a guy like that who was awesome last year. For sure. Uh, Rush Yeast, who ended up, you know, get, making the next level. Yeah. You can just go on and on. So some of those guys are going to have to be replaced and immediately. So th- there's a challenge there with, with that. And then I guess to, to, to maybe, maybe just talk briefly about Tulane, the one thing that stays with me is what they did last year in Norman. <laughs> yes. I don't know how sure. serious Oklahoma took them. Obviously, they didn't take them very seriously exactly. because that game stayed way closer than it should have for a right. long time. <laughs> and then towards the very end of the ball game, before yeah. Oklahoma, and I think we all know what Oklahoma was last year. They were pretty darn good. Yeah. So, uh, to me, those first three games are intriguing for different reasons on all kinds of levels. But when you boil all of the water out of it, I think I go back to what we started with, and that's what will K-State be not only in week one, but week two, week three, and then into the conference season. Yeah. This is a year where we have a four-five home road split in the league, which is all always tough. But with that said, I, I know we all are excited. I think we all feel like we've got a really potentially a good football team on our hands. Now you got to go out and do it. Go yeah. play. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the truth. And it's interesting because I wanted to bring up uh, another factoid that I had in my pocket about uh, South Dakota is that their final game of the season they lost in the FCS playoff against Southern Illinois. Mm-hmm. That K State had a great game against, but it was it was kind of a scary game there in the second quarter when you have Skylar Thompson go out. Right. And it's a big question mark. I believe in Will Howard. Like there are a lot of people who don't. Um, I'm a I'm a huge Iron Will fan. Right. I think he's awesome. Well, uh, and I I'm I'm interested to see how his development uh, comes in with also having another experienced quarterback like Adrian Martinez in right. the QB room. Right. I think it's an interesting subject, and I appreciate you bringing it up. And like you, I am a Will Howard fan, and I am for a lot of reasons. But probably first and foremost, when he was a true freshman, this goes back to that COVID time. Yeah. And when you think about it, he had, because of COVID, no spring football, very little summer, a little bit in the fall camp, and two and a half games in, he's the quarterback of our football team. Yeah. Think about how difficult that would be. And the reality of it was is that he won his first two games as a starter. (laughs) Think about that for a moment. That's awesome. Now you fast forward here a little bit. He's bigger. He's stronger. Will is a very bright football mind. Very cerebral. Yes, and he works hard and has a great relationship with the coaches, and in particular with Colin Klein. You know, it had been easy for him when K-State went out and got Adrian Martinez to just transfer out like most do and, and go do something else. Yeah. But I think he likes it here. I think he's committed to this program, and frankly, they are to him. And and I'll just make this statement, and, and I, 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 I mean this sincerely. He is going to play meaningful football here at Kansas State. Yeah, I agree. How much it will be in 2022, 
I don't think we know that yet. Sure. But it's hard to go through a season with one quarterback, and he'll be ready to go, I can promise you that. Oh, yeah. He Yes, he had growing pains. Yes, he made some mistakes. But people remember those more than they remember the good plays he made, like the long run at TCU or whatever or you want to throw throwing that dart to Deuce Vaughn exactly. to end the Texas Tech game. Oh, yeah. So, so there are uh, – I. I'm very fortunate in my job that I get to see a lot more practice than most of the media. Sure. And I can assure you, after watching him, and he took most of the reps in the spring, as opposed to Martinez, who was coming back from labrum surgery, and I'm just here to tell you that he is a really, really improved quarterback. Awesome. And I I think he will be a factor moving forward. Again, maybe if, if you look at it like more so towards 23, okay. But I'm comfortable with telling you that if he has to play this year, he'll do fine. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting that you say that because Chris Kleiman was very vocal at the Big 12 media days yeah. about how Adrian Martinez is a guy to bridge the gap between K-State's young quarterback's room and what the level of play was that they had with Skylar Thompson, which is why they got a guy with only one year of eligibility Correct. left. They could have gone and trying to get like a, a Dylan Gabriel, right? right? But instead they went with Adrian Martinez. And I think the first thing that I just thought was immediately entertaining was the fact that if you had told a Nebraska Cornhuskers fan in the 90s that Nebraska starting player is going to transfer to Kansas State to win football <laughs> games, now that's, that's a pretty entertaining uh, – indication i think of kind of how the turntables right <laughs> yes well that's 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 well said because you know the game has changed since nebraska was in our conference yeah and missouri and and colorado and texas a&m and all of that I mean, on so many different levels and, and i do think that you know you look at nebraska's history it, it's it's very impressive going back to the from the 50s through the early 2000s but it's been a little leaner since then yeah and uh so so these kinds of things happen they have had a lot of attrition in their program recently and this will be a big year for them and scott frost um a deciding year a dis- yeah abs- absolutely right I, I i just know that i've had an opportunity personally to visit on several occasions with martinez and with colin klein and with Chris Kleiman, with the subject being Adrian Martinez. And I, I think we all feel very, very good that he is in the program, likes it here, has a really good understanding. And I saw those last two practices where he finally was allowed to cut it loose a little bit. For sure. And I don't make many promises, but I will tell you, I can, I can say this without any hesitation. He is a very, very, very fine athlete, I'm sure. and that will be on display this year. <laughs> well, hey, I'm I'm always happy to have very, very fine athletes on my side of the ball. Yeah. Um, but so something that I personally was concerned about was Adrian running the ball mm-hmm. because the Omaha World Herald put out a very interesting piece where they uh, described Adrian Martinez's rushing attempts versus Skylar Thompson, and he had almost double the career attempts per game than Skylar Thompson did. I think Skylar had four like designed rushing plays mm-hmm. a game. Adrian had like 12 or right. something crazy like that. Right. So I think he's gotten so much of a bad rap because he can't hold on to the football But part of the problem is that if you're asked to run the ball and be the primary rushing individual for your team when you're the quarterback who also has to pass the ball, has to be the field general, uh, I think he's gotten a bad rap for uh, 
maybe more of a poor coaching decision than necessarily something of his own design. He's very been vocal, very open about, I want to hold on to the football. That's a great new thing that I need to do. But also, I have a supporting cast that allows me to not have to run the football as much. Well, you covered a lot of things there, and I'll boil it down this way. I think all of us going into this year, looking at his Nebraska career, will say this. He is a guy who is very talented at running and throwing the ball, but he absolutely has to be better at taking better care of the ball. I would tell you, too, that I think K-State will probably ask him to do less running because you have a consensus All-American as a sophomore in that, in that backfield yeah. and other options, and that's a good thing. I'm, I don't mean to downplay this in any way. I'm excited to see them run option pitch and or no pitch For sure. and have him turn it up and go because I've seen him do it. A little read option. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and he's very quality there. He was the first to say that I've got to clean some of that stuff up. And I think if you look at things, mo- even the Nebraska fans will tell you that their offensive line wasn't the best at protecting him like they probably should have. I would like to think that he'll maybe have a little bit more passing lanes and better protection here. We'll see how that plays out. Yeah, it is. I mean, if if everything would have went perfect for him there, (laughs) you know, he'd probably still be there. But he is here. I think everybody's excited he's here. He's excited he's here. Yeah. And and again, I've said this a lot of years. I've been around a long time. I've been at the Division I level doing games since 1989. Wow. And I will tell you this experience matters and the fact that he has a lot even coming into a new system is very meaningful for Chris Kleiman, Colin Klein and many of those other coaches and kids players of course yeah no and I I agree with that 100 percent um something that I'm going to kind of switch gears here for a moment and I've been really keeping up with recruiting more than I ever have in my entire life uh, <laughs> but but that's I you know they made me the sports director at the station which was an awesome opportunity sure and so now I'd, I have to keep track of all this stuff and I've loved it but then there's also I wanted to get your opinion on on Dylan Edwards decommitting this weekend from Kansas State after taking a whirlwind trip up to South Bend they uh, essentially invited him up offered him now he picked up an offer today from Oregon um, there are some I've seen some folks in social media that are like, K-State still has a shot. I don't think they still have a shot. But I'm very interested to see what your opinion is, or to hear, rather. (laughs) Well, I have to be careful because I can't say a whole lot about him specifically. Very great. No, that's fine. But, but But I will say this, and we touched on this a moment ago, in in terms of things are different now in college athletics than they have ever been before. Yeah. I think this is not an isolated case. I think you're going to see more of this, whether it's this particular player in this particular program or anybody anywhere else. I just think with with what's on the table now, with the transfer portal, with name image likeness, of course, you're going to see a lot of this happen. Um, I, I can't tell you a percentage of, of athletes, but it is a little bit odd that you know <laughs> you have this scenario this quickly after this player commits to this particular program, (laughs) and then 30-some days later, he says he's going somewhere else, and he's there's other guys out there that are still offering. Yeah, It's it's a weird, weird time. But 
at the end of the day, I'll, I'm, I'm allowed to say this. Sure. <laughs> Name, image, and likeness has changed everything. Radically. And until, and I don't know how this is going to happen, but until we reel it back in a little bit to some semblance of normalcy, I think you're going to continue to see these types of things happen. I just do. Yeah. So my final question for you, and again, I don't want to ask you another loaded question. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, that's all right. But uh, are, are you able to give uh, your personal thoughts on a, on a record prediction for the non-conference games? Oh, sure. Uh, yeah, for me, uh, I mean, I, I've been here long enough, and I love the school enough, um, and it's been my, my favorite program to follow since I was a little boy. Of course. Uh, I rarely will pick against K State. Uh-huh. I'll just I'll just preface what I'm about <laughs> to say by saying that first. Okay. So I'm going to say K State will be three and zero in the non-con. But again, using Missouri as the example here, you know you know what they say in Missouri: show me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So show me. Okay. I, I I'm very I know you I know you are too, but I'm exceptionally excited about Coach Kleiman. This staff, yeah. this group of young players, and when I say young players, I'm talking about the entirety of the program, whether it's a, a fifth-year guy or whether it's an incoming freshman. I'm just telling you, man, we have some really good young football players in our program, and you're going to hear a lot about some of those guys this year, more so than you ever have before. Uh, and I, I know we don't have time. Maybe we can do it later in the year or whatever. But, but there are some really good young players in this program and I I think is it is it a perfect roster? No, but there is I mean, there is no such thing. You're always gonna have, well, there's a little bit of a question here and yeah. what happens if this guy goes down or, sure. or those types of things. But when you think about the star power with with Martinez and Deuce and those two or three receivers and Felix Anudike Uzama and, and Deuce Green and Echo Boydo, Julius Brents, you know, those types of guys you should have a good quality football team, and I, and I think we will. Yeah, I think we will too. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not going to make any personal record predictions because the last time that I said <laughs> it's 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 a done deal, K State's going to win that game. We lost to Baylor in 2012, yeah. and so I've I'm, I've been scarred since then. Well, it's I, hard. I can't I can't make those predictions anymore, <laughs> even when asked. So more power to you, um, the face of Kansas State Broadcasting, to to make a prediction like that because I I certainly would. It, it is hard though because. Everybody wants to win all of those games. That's yeah. that's why we play. And I, our former athletic director Tim Weiser said these games are important. That's why they put those great big scoreboards in these places, right? Yeah. But I, but with all of that said, uh, again, you can't mask the excitement and the potential of this team. I hope they're three and zero. I'll I'd, I'd love to be three and zero going to Norman. Um, regardless of what happens there, I will say this um, in 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 terms of K-State and the league this year. Okay. I believe the conference is as wide open as it has been since I've been covering the conference. That's awesome. There, I mean, yes, you can talk about Baylor. You can talk about Oklahoma. You can talk about Oklahoma State. But at the end of the day, you could also throw Kansas State and several others in there, and there's not a ton of difference between them. Yeah. There's just, there's just not. I've said for the entire summer – 
that uh, I think at this point it's disrespectful to say that Kansas State is a dark horse because I, I, I think they have just as great a shot as anybody <laughs> sure to be winning this league this year. Yeah. And I've been watching a lot of K-State football over the years too, and I uh, there are a few seasons that I've really felt so confident about going into. So that either means that we're going to hear – reap great rewards or be met with incredible sorrow? <laughs> well, it's, it's an interesting <laughs> subject, too, because over the years, I think all K-Staters, and I'm not talking about guys like you and me, but I'm talking about just generally the fan base. Sure. Most of them will say to you, we do better when we're picked lower. Yes. Right? Yes. <clears throat> Excuse me. So so I'm kind of looking at that as, okay, coaches pick us fifth, I'm good with it. Yeah. Kind of be a little tiny bit under the radar. It's better than how they've picked us before, right. but it's still disrespectful. Right. So it's like. <laughs> but we have every opportunity. K State has every opportunity. I keep saying we, and because I, I, I feel like I've <laughs> no, been no, there long enough. I'm you're definitely a part, part of the of program. But, so. <laughs> but it is, you know, they do have a really good opportunity uh, to be much better than that. And I think they're going to have a good season. I think they're going to have a good bowl season. Yeah. Um, if knock on wood, if everybody stays healthy and things <laughs> kind of fly the way you, you hope. This, this could be a very special 2022. That's the key, isn't it? Yeah. Well, hey, Wyatt, thank you for coming on to training camp. It's been an absolute blast to get to talk to you, and I look forward to further collaborations that we can do together. Sounds like a winner. I enjoyed every second of it. Thank, thank you. you, sir. You bet. Incredible stuff. You'd love to have someone as uh, just unbelievable in the broadcasting industry and for Kansas State as Wyatt Thompson on the show. He's one of my personal heroes in sports broadcasting, and uh, – yeah, what a, what a pleasure it was to have him on the show. Thanks again, Wyatt. Uh, we'll be right back. You've been listening to Training Camp with Colby Van Camp on Wildcat 91.9. Wildcat 91.9 would like to thank Tanner's Bar and Grill in the Ville for its support for the next generation of K-State media stars. Tanner's Kitchen is open until 10 p.m. nightly for a full menu of Manhattan's favorites, such as the Jamaican Jerk Chicken. Most nights, Tanner is open until 2 a.m. for a late nightcap. See the full menu and specialties at tannersbarandgrill.com. For a game on Tanner's large TV screens or a bite with family and friends, discover Tanner's at tannersbarandgrill.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Colby Van Kemp, Director of Fundraising for Wildcat 91.9. New music now. I'm the Director of Radio Fundraising. I'm so good they call me amazing. I'll take a bank check. I'll keep it warm. I'll take your savings in any form, dollars or euros or Japanese yen. We'll take it all, I promise you, then we'll last for you again. I'm convinced. Let me just get my wallet. What's that? Hey, that's my wallet. Your wallet? Hey. Oh, yes. I'll take your cash. I'll take your cheese. Pull that out now. When give it here, please. Bitcoin is fine. We'll take a check. Pennies and dimes. I'm what the heck. I'll take your wallet. So hand it here, please. All of your cash and all of your cheese. Donate down. Donate down. Donate down. Donate down. Donate down. Donate down.
Officer, that man stole my wallet. This is the part where I sing really fast. Take a deep breath, must make it last. Casey is broke, as everyone knows. We have no money and that really blows. I'm on my knees, begging you now. We need the cash to teach students how to be on the radio all day and night. We need your help, so join in our fight. Go to our website, how you ask how. Wildcat919.com, click donate now. Donate now, donate now. To Wildcat. my vax card back <laughs> whoops my bad give uh, <laughs> me a little bit hot I uh, looked at my cart wall which is the uh, the program we use to play all of our clips and stuff and I uh, the minute I looked at it, and as I clicked, what is usually kind of like my little intro, like bumper thing, <laughs> it said Van Halen Panama, and I was like, uh oh. And then I, I clicked it and had the volume all the way up, and poof, I apologize. <laughs> that, hey, just keep you on your toes. Yeah, that's all. Uh, yeah, no, that uh, that's scared the heck out of me. Oh my said, God. Wake up. Yeah, no, I definitely <laughs> uh, you know, when when you something scares you and it clears out your sinuses, <laughs> and, oh, and, yeah. and it's kind of that really nice feeling if you're sick, you know, you have like a sinus infection and someone almost hits you in their car on I seventy and you get that feeling of relief. It's kind of like oh. That was almost worth it. Um, <laughs> like, but, this is what it's like to breathe again. Yeah, right. For the I, moment, I thought I, uh, I was no longer going to. Uh, you didn't see it, but I I low-key jumped out of my chair. Like, that was <laughs> that was scary. Uh, okay, it is Whiskey Wednesday. Hey we yo. haven't done Whiskey Wednesday since uh, two weeks ago when we had Benjamin Coach Wade on the show. Uh, and today, I'm going to just go with uh, a classic. Uh, and in fact, Glenn Moray considers it one of their Elgin classics. Uh, Glenn Moray is a scotch. I'm going with a scotch today because uh, Ian and I were talking today, our director of the station, and we were talking about uh, some scotches earlier today. And I thought, you know what? Today's Whiskey Wednesday. I'm going to go with a scotch, one of my one of my favorite scotches. Glenn Moray single malt Chardonnay cask finish. In fact, Jasmine, I think I poured you a glass of that. That's what that was. When you were at my house, uh, our department, uh, a couple of uh, weeks ago. Yeah, that was goodness gracious. Yeah. I feel okay. The Chardonnay one, that one. Okay, I know exactly which one you're talking oh, about. Yeah. Even though I tried several and I was like, Kobe, I, I just know you've got it. You're pouring me that another glass, but I'm going to need you to stop it right now. <laughs> Or else I'm gonna be falling down these stairs. It's okay. We <laughs> we ensured that we left the falling down of the stairs for Las Vegas. Yeah. Oh wait. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> apologies. That's not what I meant. Uh, that's totally what I meant. Uh, it's but okay. There's no stairs. No, no stairs were harmed. Just in my trip. just like escalators, right? Oh yeah, escalators. Do, do, no do stairs. Buddy, buddy, the elf, the, your way up the escalators. No, but I did. May or may not have gotten kicked out of a club. <laughs> Let's go. That's hilarious. You can listen to that story on Jasmine, Saturday morning. Jasmine okay. tart <laughs> here in the in the clubs. Oh. Let's go. <laughs> okay, well back to okay, we're a dry campus. We're not doing of any course. kind of drinking Never. here in the studios on top of McCain Auditorium. Even though literally everybody that I know in the music department is like by the time the day is finished, they're like, God, I need a drink. Um but, yeah, Aggieville, right? That's where why Aggieville exists. Uh, but, okay, Glen Moray, single malt, Chardonnay cask finish. Okay, so here's the thing. They took a single malt scotch whiskey. So single malt, if it was just a malt whiskey, then that means that they just used malted barley. That was the, the key ingredient uh, in the mash bill. But when it's a single malt 
scotch whiskey. What it's saying to you is that they took one whiskey that was made at one distillery. That's what the single means. It has nothing to do with the quality of the malt. Single just means it came, it came from one distillery. If it said Glenmore blended malt Chardonnay finish, then that means that they took Glenmore sourced their own whiskey and perhaps a bunch of others, or maybe not even their own whiskey, and just sourced a bunch of other scotches, blended it together, made their own like collection out of that blend, and then that's why it's called a blended malt Chardonnay finish. If Glenmore took all of their own whiskeys from their own distillery, then you would see a Glenmore blended single malt Chardonnay cask finish. Okay, so that's that's like a really distinct thing that is pretty much exclusive to Scotland only. That's how they they uh, classify and quantify their uh, their scotches. But let me just say, this is a this is a really reasonable purchase. Uh, I'm not allowed to say numbers over the air, but this is uh, definitely one that is affordable. Okay, so if you get the opportunity to pick up your Glenmore single malt Chardonnay cask finish, go for it. it it's uh, 40% ABV, which is the minimum that it has to be for uh, it to be considered a whiskey. And um, this is a really reasonable, easy whiskey to get into because it has just a really light, crisp taste to it because of the Chardonnay cask finish. And when I say a Chardonnay cask finish, what I mean by that is that they took the the scotch out of the barrel, like the the uh, ex-bourbon barrel that came from America. That's one of the requirements for scotch. You have to you have to use used oak barrels, and they're usually ex-bourbon barrels. And so they took it from Glen Moray, and then they put it in their own Chardonnay cask for the last six months of its life um, to get that kind of wine flavor, right? Chardonnay is a white wine. It's a it's a dry white wine. Um, and so it uh, definitely has a crisp aftertaste on the finish, which I really appreciate. Uh, I'm not going to be able to go into a whole lot of details because it's actually been a couple of days since I've sampled that particular whiskey. However, definitely in my top if you're if you're someone who's looking to get into this into the into the whiskey game into the connoisseur game, definitely one of my top top five uh, for an entry scotch that's affordable, that's relatively easy to find, and uh, tastes really freaking good. So you know what? Uh, even though we can't drink here on campus, cheers to you, my friends. Go find yourself this Glenmore single malt. Chardonnay cask finish. You won't regret it. So with that, Whiskey Wednesday is complete. And thanks to our interview with Wyatt Thompson, we're actually all the way up and past where we would be for our second segment break. So we're going to go ahead and take that. You've been listening to Training Camp with Colby Van Camp on Wildcat 91.9. Paying for cable these days just isn't really worth it. But how are you going to watch the Royals? Well, Tanner's Bar and Grill has got you covered. Located at 1200 Morrow in Aggieville, Tanner's 22 different screens will have the Royals no matter where you look. While you're there, you can grab a fresh Booga or maybe even one of the 16 different ice cold beers Tanner's has on tap. Or there are over 40 different craft beers and seasonal drinks. You can also enjoy the great summer weather at the Tanner's patio. If you can't be at the K, Tanner's is the place to be. Hello, this is former football Wildcat head coach, Bill Snyder. As a fan of K-State, like me, you're proud to be associated with hardworking young people who get the job done. Wildcat 919, here on campus, 
is the award-winning, longest-running college FM radio station in the country, perhaps even the world. Wildcat 91.9 has been entertaining the Flint Hills and teaching public performance, radio, programming, news and sports journalism, play-by-play -play skills, social media, and now multi-platform media for more than 70 years. But due to financial setbacks at Kansas State, Wildcat 91.9 needs us to join the cheering section with a donation of any size. I am sharing my support for Wildcat 91.9 in hopes that you will too. Help secure Wildcat 91.9's future so that all students can enjoy this incredible resource for another seven decades. To donate, go to wildcat919.com and click on the To Donate button. The KSU Foundation will take it from there. Donating to Wildcat 919 is even faster and easier than the Wildcat formation. We should know we invented it. So, if you love local news, sports, and new music as much as I do, let's make this the greatest kickoff in Kansas State history. Go Cats and go Wildcat 919. New music now. That work? Yeah, that'll work, Coach. K-State football returns September 3rd against the University of South Dakota Coyotes on Wildcat 91.9. New music now. Offense! What the f*** was that? Oh, no, here he comes. Quick, somebody turn on training camp with Colby Van Camp on Wildcat 91.9. I think it's fitting that I played Back in Black on, on Whiskey Wednesday because in the scene that it's like really famous for for Tony Stark in um, the first Iron Man movie uh -huh. is when he's like doing that missile test out in the desert, right? When the, they all get like shot up and stuff. Uh -huh. um, and and he, he like has like a case of whiskey that he brings with him. You remember that? He has, like, he has like a travel case with like this McAllen 18 in there or something crazy um, and pops it open. And he's like, let's have some whiskey. So I, I think it's fitting that we play like Tony Stark's signature song that I, at least I identified the Marvel character Tony Stark with <laughs> Iron Man with uh, <laughs> Back in Black. Uh, but okay, so we were having a very unique conversation in the break, Jasmine and I. And uh, we, she said, okay, so we know what a dry campus is. Kansas State's a dry campus because you can't drink on campus. But are there wet campuses? And she said, actually, I don't want to Google that because I don't want to oh, see what comes up. I was scared. And I said, you know what? I, I'm I'm feeling good today. I'm I'll, I'll go for it and hope for the best. And, and <laughs> nothing, nothing came up. Get your mind out of the gutter. Jeez, no, 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 no. I didn't even look at you. I, I meant ah. I meant to our listeners. Um, but mm -hmm. the uh, yeah. So interestingly enough, bestcolleges.com has the best dry college campuses, and um, they gave the top the top ten best dry campuses. And I want to see what you get for number one, and then number six is actually a Big 12 school, and I think it's hilarious that it's 
this Big 12 school, and I want I want to get you to guess for it. Oh, so guess the, the top dry college campus across the United States uh, for a major college. Which which do you think it is? Okay, and this has nothing to do with like the partying side, right? This is just straight up just just dry because there's always a list of like party schools and Kansas yeah, State is one of those, but it's a dry campus. It's not it has yeah, anything to no, do with this that is, part. This is dry campus. Dry, you cannot drink on campus. There cannot be any kind of alcohol supplied at your eateries. That's what it is. Okay, then my number one guess is BYU. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. Oh my gosh, that was crazy. Oh, let's go, BYU, Jasmine, pulling it out of thin air. Did you Google that? No, I did not. I did like as soon as you asked me over the break. You know, I'm gonna ask you who you think the number one school is. I was like, you know what? I think I have an idea. Oh my god, I'm gonna wait, wait till on the air. She came straight for the Mormons, and she was right. <laughs> It's okay. We we have nothing against Mormons. No, nothing um, at all. I have I a really just, good my friend. My number one guess is we're in Utah. So <laughs> yeah. No, that's wow. Yeah. Good for you. That was uh. I'm pat myself on the back. Dang. Okay. <laughs> um. I guarantee I haven't even heard of University Number Two. So, I, sorry, it's not happening. University Number Two is Regent University in Virginia Who? Beach, Virginia. Um, okay. Number three, Wheaton College. And gotcha. yes, if you heard the Wheaton, um, I, I was going for my Stewie, my cool whip. Cool whip. Um, and then uh, Toccoa Falls College comes in at number four, which is in Georgia. Uh, number five, Calvin College in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Now, number six, Big 12 school. Hilariously, my wife texted me and said, I'm guessing TCU is not dry. TCU <laughs> would probably um, guess correct. So I think that's correct because they're, they're not in the top 10 list, but they could be. So I don't know. But what school do you think? And I think this is just hilarious. Considering all of the nonsense that has come out about like terrible things happening at this Big Twelve See, school, say less, Baylor. Baylor, yep, Baylor coming in at number six, <laughs> which is laughable to me. In fact, we're rolling out the memes. Let's just uh, let's hear it. <laughs> I love this meme. Like without fail, it makes me laugh every time. You serious? Yeah, we're serious. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, it is Baylor. So that's something else. Now I'm gonna switch gears. Top wet campuses. <laughs> that sounds terrible. Oh my gosh. I was scared to Google it. Um, <laughs> it says these three schools are all tied for the number 11 top universities to attend. They're also ranked in the top 10 party schools and have wet campuses. Uh, what are these three universities? And um, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give you the last one of the okay. three because it's kind of niche. I. I wouldn't have guessed this one. The other two are definitely achievable if you think about it. Um, there. And I'll give you a hint. They're both Big Ten schools. Oh, okay. Um, okay, so the last one, though, University of California, Santa Barbara. Uh, Santa Barbara. Uh, this is ranked the number two party school and is tied for the number 11 top university to attend, uh, according to ywetcampus.weebly.com. So, yeah, I knew it had to be <laughs> at least one Californian school. Uh, that yeah, would be you got to gotta, gotta dunk on California there for a second. Um, so, okay. Two Big Ten schools. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I was like my my other option. I was thinking like Miami. <laughs> that would be it's a not wet a bad campus. guess. Yeah. Um, goodness, Big Ten school. Uh, I'll give you a hint. Okay. Ian graduated from one of these schools for his undergrad. Oh goodness, I don't. Know I only know this because I googled him uh, when uh. I first came into the program. <laughs> okay. I like to get to know who I'm working for. Hmm. Gosh, I do not know where this man graduated from. Okay, we just going, we just going to throw, throw it a guess. Wasn't he from Chicago? Northwestern. Close. University of Illinois. Ah. Oh! Urbana-Champaign. Uh, okay. And then the other one, 
Also Big Ten. Big Ten. It's a bit farther north. Than Illinois? Mm -hmm. Oh. Mm, I want to say... It is... Mm -mm. No, 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 no. Okay, neither of them. Okay. I feel like I'm gonna tell like telling myself he's fits. You said further north. Oh wait, wait. Uh, God, Rutgers. No, it starts with Wiss and ends with Wisconsin. Oh um, dang, Wisconsin, really? Wisconsin, the top party um, school. What this this wet campus is ranked as the number eight party school. Illinois is ranked number three, uh, and uh, the University of California Santa Barbara is uh, ranked number two. Uh, R.I.P. to my mom who just texted me and said. Minnesota. No, that's false. Honestly, that was going to be my other guess. Really? Minnesota? (laughs) Okay. You're going after the Golden Gophers. I see you. Um, Okay. So we only have a couple minutes left, but Jasmine, you and I had the pleasure of going today to, by the way, uh, just a slow clap, or that was a fast clap. (laughs) Fast clap for Jasmine because of uh, just absolutely slam dunking on BYU. That was fantastic. (laughs) Sorry, BYU. No no disrespect. I was just giving this the top day that came to my head. They have a great music program. I have Uh nothing against BYU. Andrew Andrew Crane doing great stuff for their choral department over there. Uh, Programming Owain Park. That's super niche. If you know what it is, God bless you because that's really niche. Um, Okay, so we had the pleasure of going to the uh, Women's Soccer Media Days, and luckily for us, because I wasn't able to get my recordings that I got from the Soccer Media Days off of my <laughs> little recording device fast enough, uh, they made a transcript of it and put it on I K-State saw Sports. That. That so was fast, Mike Dabini, the uh, head coach, by the way, we're going to be having him, we're going to have the Mike Dabini Show on Tuesdays. Uh, we're going to have five different Mike Dabini shows over the season because we're going to be calling five different women's soccer games for K-State here on Sweet. Wildcat 91.9. So tune in for that. It's going to be over the sports hour from 6 to 7 p.m. A little bit of a special event for there for the first segment. So Mike Dabini had this to say, I feel like we're in a good place. We have a lot more depth than we've had since we started the program. We have you know players that are versatile that can do different things for us both defensively and offensively. With the depth, that helps manage the game a lot better. We have some more speed than we've had in the past. So I feel really good about the direction we're going, and I'm excited. I'm excited to see what they can do. I think the hardest and challenging part is figuring out the lineups and figuring out the rotations, and not because we don't have it. It's just more of figuring out who meshes well on the field and gels. Gels together quickly. So just excited about the season. And I think he should be because K-State missed the NCAA, or not the NCAA, the Big 12 tournament by one game last year, and they would have made it if they had beaten Iowa State on senior night uh, on October 28th of last year. They lost that one to nothing uh, here at Buser Family Park in Manhattan. So RIP to that. Uh, But they also had some big moves in program history. They beat KU in overtime two to one. uh, And then also they tied one to one in double overtime with West Virginia, who's ranked number nine at the time in the country. Then they had two top 25 teams back-to-back. They had number 9 West Virginia on October 7th. Then October 10th, they had number 23 Baylor. They also tied Baylor nothing to nothing. Uh, two big old uh, eggs up there in the scorecard in also double overtime. So congratulations to them for doing that. It's the first time that they've ever um, pulled off more than a loss against ranked opponents. Uh, I think the program is only seven years old. Um, yeah, they started my so, freshman year. Yeah, so uh, either five to seven years old then. Yeah, 2016. Um, yeah, okay, so 2016, so yeah, mm-hmm. seven years. Um, so overall last year they went 6-10-2. and two. Uh, They were 1-6-2 and two in conference, and then they ended on a four-game losing streak. Uh, they were 2-4-2 and two at home. And you remember, you can tie in soccer 
uh, at the Division One level. And then there are three and six in away games and one and zero in neutral games. Um, so I'm really excited to see how the soccer team plays for the Cats this year. Jasmine, we only have about three minutes left, so give me your impressions of just the players that we talked to, what Coach Dabini had to say, and everything that is coming up for K-State women's soccer. Yeah, for sure. I'm actually, I've never seen them play before, and I I hate to admit that on these airways, that I've never been to a a K-State soccer game. But what I've gotten from the players that we've talked to in that brief moment with the coach before we got to talk to the players is that this team... This, this team got a chip on their shoulder. Every single last one of them, at least the people that we talked to, they're like, we remember what it was like last year. We were just one game away from, you know, going to the Big 12 tournament. And we talked to them, and I asked each and every one of them what was, like, the goal for them personally or the team this upcoming season. Every one of them said to make it to the Big 12 tournament. They remember that last game losing and how the seniors and everybody got together be like, okay, remember this moment. This moment sucks. We don't want to feel like this ever again. And it's that that type of I feel like they might bring a different type of swag to them because I think because so they're, they're still the new kids on the block. This program is like you said, just seven years old, so they still have a lot to prove. But you know, every year they're gonna break a new school record because every year they're gonna get better. Yeah. So I'm really excited to check them out this upcoming season. They broke a school record last year for scoring their first ever 20 goals in a season, which was pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, and then. The year before that, they had actually qualified to go to the Big 12 tournament and didn't end up doing it because COVID canceled mm-hmm. the Big 12 tournament. So K-State had the opportunity to go compete for the chance to be crowned the Big 12 champions. Um, I don't, I, in my personal opinion, from the little that I know, but the way that they talked about that that year, I don't know if they would have won that. I don't think they would have. You never know. You yeah, never know. Still Crazy, that, that crazier point, things have happened. Yeah, but, but yeah. that point, they were only like, what, four years old? Exactly. That four, would have been uh, four, like the, the coup of the century to, to pull that off Incredible as a four-year coup. program to, yeah. to upset everybody to go win the Big 12. Um, but I think that this is a, I think it's going to be a nasty team. They have, they have a lot of good talent returning. They picked up some really important transfers over the last two years. They've got uh, their second ever freshman class. Uh, I think that they're just in a really great spot. And I'm very excited to begin covering that. God, I'm excited for soccer. Look at you. I am so proud. Yeah. Get out of here. We no, don't I'm get kidding. going into soccer, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Baby I'm, steps, I'm, baby I'm, steps. I'm, I'm, I'm not <laughs> ever going to love soccer like I love football, but you never know. It's uh, I've, I, I'm happy with where I'm at in my development of soccer. I felt very confident in saying yeah. to one of the players today that I like Icelandic soccer, and she was like, oh. Um, so that, that made me feel like halfway smart. Yeah, shout out to Shay. I think it was Shay we yeah. talked to, the good, last person. Did. Good for her. Well, hey, <laughs> great stuff. For K-State Soccer, excited for it. Be ready to hear us be covering Wamigo football. And then also, I'm going to be covering Cornerstone Family Schools, the homeschool co-op out of Topeka. My dad's the coach. Eight-man football. That's how I got my start broadcasting. You're going to be hearing clips from me all the time because I'm going to be debuting a new type of uh, broadcasting. It's going to be kind of fun. And for touchdown calls. You won't want to miss it. Thanks for tuning in. Looking forward to hearing from you tomorrow night. You've been listening to Training Camp with Colby Van Camp on Wildcat 91.9 KSDB Manhattan.